folks. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Still a line from Nate. Nate Bergetzi. Yeah. Anyway, sorry about that. Hello, everybody. How are y'all? Hope y'all are doing well. Hope it's been a great week so far. Yes. Um, This is Northgate Beyond. And my name is James. With me is Chad. And we are going to go over what we talked, or what he preached on Sunday. Yeah. And hopefully dive just a little bit deeper, give you a little bit more of an opportunity. If you missed Sunday's message, you don't have to watch, don't have time to or access to watch it on YouTube. We're going to put it on the podcast here, talk about it a little bit, give you a chance to catch up. Yeah. Launch us out of here. We got a new series started, Blurred. Yeah. Blurred. And if you are following, hello, I'm Chad, by the way, uh, but... Uh, if you've been following the Northgate Beyond podcast, you know that this is a series that kind of was birthed here on the podcast because mm-hmm. we were talking about it and we're like, hey, we should do this. And now we're doing it. Yeah. Um, See? Yeah. Getting off topic helps. I know. Sometimes. Sometimes God is in it. Uh, other times it's just us being foolish. Uh, but... Uh, this time I believe God was in it because it birthed this series on Blurred. And the premise of this is how in the church world, um, well, I mean, just I guess in the world at large, but uh, more focusing in on the church world, is uh, the fact that the the line between right and wrong has become so messed up. And it's become what is acceptable and what isn't acceptable, what's wicked and what's righteous and and really what's biblical and what isn't has become blurred. Uh, It's become blurred in the world, we know that, but it's becoming blurred in the church world as well. Uh, And I think it's because people just aren't preaching and teaching the Word anymore. Um, We're preaching good stories, we're motivational speaking, you know, everyone be cheery and bright and, you know, have a great week. Uh, which is great. It's wonderful to say those things, but until you start actually spreading the word of God, uh, then it's very easy to come up with a religion, basically, uh, that is based more on your feelings than is based in the truth. Um, like, and you hear that a lot in the church world of like, well, anytime a topic comes up which touchy or whatever, the first thing someone's going to say is, well, I just feel. Uh, I feel this or I feel that. Well, that kind of messes up the waters and it blurs the true vision of what God had intended for the Word of God. So that's basically like where this came out of and where it was birthed out of. So I think it's very important uh, to talk about this today. But um, but, uh, on Sunday, we we started off and I, I really focused on grace. Uh, on Sunday, uh, yes. uh, for the the most part, uh, because grace is so amazing. You know, I know it's the so- the song "Amazing Grace," uh, but the fact that God loves us so much and gave us grace is wonderful. It's tremendous. It's an amazing thing. Um, but uh, the title text that I used was in Jude and uh, verse two and three, and I'm not going to read all of it for you guys, but you can go and read it yourself. But in there, Jude is basically saying, I wanted to write to you about just the awesomeness of our God, but I couldn't because there are people who snuck in the church and they were using grace to justify a sinful lifestyle. Right. And that tells you how long it's been a problem. Well, it's still a problem today. Yep. Uh, fast forward all the way to today to 2023, it's still a problem of people who are abusing grace. Uh, grace is amazing and grace is wonderful and it's there to help us and, and we'll talk about that but um, but the the definition of grace has been really really blurred and uh, and, and I started talking about how grace is applied to our life how that we're introduced to grace uh, and the the Bible tells us in Titus 2 verse 11 and 12 that grace is given as a tool to teach us it's not just a, a, a something to make our mistakes go away. It's there to teach us how to live godly, to deny unrighteousness, uh, and to embrace what true holiness is all about. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible says in Titus 2, 11 and 12, that it, grace is a teaching tool. It's meant to teach us to get better and to get further away from sin, not for us to become comfortable in our sin. Um, and, 
and I think sometimes today, like the way a lot of people apply grace to their life is, um, it's in a way so that they can make light of the sin that they're in because it's, it's kind of like a safety net, you know, uh, and you hear this a lot and, and I, and I've said it myself, I'm not picking on anybody. If you've used these terms, I'm not singling you out. I'm just saying it's very common today and that's what leads to the problem is, um, well, you know, I have grace, you know, well, no one's perfect and we all make mistakes and we all fall short. All of those things are true. Absolutely true. But when we're using that as like a grace is kind of like a, the way I used it Sunday was kind of like a paper towel that, okay, if you make a spill and you got to roll paper towels, you're just like, okay, I'll rip a paper towel, clean up the spill, throw the paper towel away. Well, a lot of times that's the way Christians treat grace mm-hmm. is, okay, disposable. well, yeah, it's disposable. And if you dispose of, of like, oh, well, Jesus died and rose from the grave so he could wipe up all my messes, wipe up my mistakes, then you're treating him like a paper towel. Right. And no one holds on to paper towels. Once you use it, you dispose of it, and mm-hmm. you forget about it until you need it again. Well, to me, that's what the modern church is doing to grace. Like, oh, I need grace when I've messed up because I need you, God. I don't want to go to hell. Right. Forgive me of what I did. Uh, and then, okay, well, I'm going to go do my own thing. And when I need you again, when I spill again, when I mess up again, I'll come running back and use you again. And, and so that eases my conscience. And, and it just, you know, lets me know that, okay, I'm not going to go to hell because I've got grace. To me, that is such a misapplication of grace. Mm-hmm. And, and I think it belittles it really. I right. think it cheapens it. Um, and grace is amazing. And it was pot, and it was bought by a high price. Uh, the yeah. blood and, and life of Jesus Christ. Uh, that's, that's a high penalty, uh, or a high, not penalty, a high price tag. That's what I'm trying to say, uh, for this thing that we have called grace. Um, in fact, the, that we talked about the application of grace. And then my second point was talking about, uh, the life that grace is supposed to produce mm-hmm. has become blurred because life, once you enter into the grace of God, your life should change. Uh, you know, we, a lot of times we talk about salvation, but what is salvation other than asking God to forgive you and entering into his grace? When you enter into grace, I already said grace is a tool that teaches us to walk away from sin, to walk away from ungodliness, uh, to, to be a, a better servant to the Lord. That's what grace should be doing. Well, that should produce a great life. That should produce a total different life than what we just came out of. And, uh, and so I really focused on Romans chapter 6 because uh, Romans chapter 6 covers a lot of, of the definition of grace and what it is and what it isn't. And in Romans chapter 6, the first four verses of that scripture, uh, Paul is talking about that, okay, well, now that we have grace, uh, and I encourage you guys to go read these. I'm not going to read them all to you. But uh, now that we have grace, and grace is amazing, uh, does that mean that we should just keep on sinning so that Mm -hmm. we get more grace? And he says, no, God forbid. God forbid that we keep on sinning, and he compares it to death. And he says, don't you know that when we were, were uh, uh, saved through Christ and, and we were redeemed by him, that we were uh, also uh, dead to sin? Dead to sin. And dead people don't <clears throat> do things. Exactly. So as much as a dead person doesn't yeah. get up and go order Starbucks, uh, you don't sin. You know exactly. what I mean? And it's like, not, I mean, that's why grace is there, I understand. But at mm-hmm. the same time, the duality of it right. is that we don't view it as something that we do still. Right, like exactly. we don't like dead people don't think about what they're going to do tomorrow. Exactly, they don't think about what did the cat get fed or did the yeah, dog get exactly. need, does the dog need to go out or I wonder if the kids are here or there. Yeah, like and then not to be harsh or morbid or anything. I'm just saying they don't yeah. plan on, they don't accept, they don't plan on what's going to happen tomorrow. Just right. like we don't plan on continuing down the same path. Exactly, you know we don't treat it as though it's part of our lifestyle. We're right. dead to it. Yes. As though it doesn't exist anymore. Right. Uh, now, does that stop us from doing it? No. <laughs> Our nature is uh, an, always yeah. in opposition to that. Yeah. Uh, but we are aware of it, and we yes. know it's where it's, we should be actively looking for where it lurks in our life. Yes. Like actively looking for those areas of uh, it, those incompleteness, whatever you want to call it, right. those areas of weakness 
so that we can see where sin is lurking in our life. And we do diligently look for ways to get around those, or get away from them, because we're dead to them. Right? Yes. We're dead to that act. Right. We're dead to that uh, that sin. We're dead to that way of thinking or that way of feeling or that way of right. operating. Yeah. Well, and I think it falls right in line, and you're absolutely right. Uh, it falls right in line with the fact that the Bible says that when we come into Christ— uh, an established relationship with him, we become a new creature. Mm-hmm. All old things are passed away. Everything becomes new. When everything becomes new, it's not about just your location on Sunday becomes new. Uh, no, everything about you becomes new. The way you think, the way you act, the way you uh, handle life, the way you handle situations, the way you handle emotions, everything about you changes mm-hmm. the moment grace comes into your life because it's not about simply, and I tell people this all the time, God's not interested in just fixing up the old you. Mm-hmm. He's interested in creating a brand new you. Yeah. yeah. This is not a restoration yeah. progress. No, it's not. A project. Right. It is a brand new you. Yeah. God yeah. isn't up in heaven being like, oh, they got kind of dirty. Let's spit shine them up and clean Ooh, them up. Who is no. the 80 Chevy? Yeah. Uh, AKA James. Exactly. Like, who wants to redo that? Give right. me something new. Make exactly. it a Bugatti. Make, Make it, it new. A, Mercedes uh, something. And we're, su- and we're supposed to have this new life. Well, that's what grace is supposed to bring. Grace is supposed to offer us a, a new life. And the power to change comes through Christ. We know that. It's not about us. It's not about us doing works. I'm not saying that. Uh, but grace is the gift that God gave us to live a new life and not simply feel better about our current one. And a lot of people, that's right. what they use grace for. Is like, well... My life stinks, and I feel like I'm a failure, and I feel like, you know, I'm always making mistakes and messing up, uh, but I got grace. Um, Well, God doesn't want you to just be stuck in a life that you don't like and you don't enjoy and and stuck in misery and pain, but, oh, thank God I got grace. No, grace is meant to change and transform. Yeah. Not meaning we're not going to have bad times. We're going to have bad times. We live in a fallen world. We're going to have bad days and weeks and sometimes bad years, you know. It's going to happen, but uh, the life that God gives us through grace is in order to transform me and make me into something new and to make me into something that that uh, glorifies him and glorifies the power of grace that he's given me in my life. And so many times we just have grace of like uh, that, that uh, grace is just simply, uh, it makes me feel better about who I am right now. Right. And I know this is going to sound harsh, and I don't mean it to come off harsh, but it's the truth. If if there's if there's sin, active sin in our life, we shouldn't feel good about it. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't. We shouldn't make peace with it. We shouldn't be like, well, Meh. that's Whatever. just who I am. No, right. that's awful. That's a horrible mentality. Because yeah, I agree. It is just who we are. In in myself, I have I've sinned, and and I'm not saying I'm perfect, and I do it right all the time. I don't. Um, but Thank God for the grace of God mm-hmm. that I'm not, like you said, I'm not pursuing it. I'm not actively uh, pursuing sin and trying to make mistakes. We mm-hmm. do make mistakes and of we fall. Uh, but I'm quick to ask God to forgive me and get back up and go a different direction. Mm-hmm. Not just continue habitually doing it over and right. over and over uh, and just counting on the grace of God. Right. Uh, to say, oh, well, you know, whatever. Which really kind of led into the third point that I made, which was about that... Uh, the freedom that grace provides has become blurred because even the way we've taught it, and I, and I mentioned this uh, and, and, uh, on Sunday, the way we teach grace sometimes, we teach it wrong. We present it in a wrong way because we present it in a way where uh, almost like it's freedom to sin instead of freedom from sin. Right. We present it in a way, a lot of times, and to me it's a wrong way to present it, is, well, you know, hey, if you if you fall down, grace can pick you back up. Yes, that is true. I agree with that statement 100%. But if you, there's a difference in not seeing a mud hole and stepping in it accidentally and actively pursuing mud holes because you enjoy the splash. There's a, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. One is an accident, and you're like, oh, man. Stepped in a mud hole and right. got myself wet. Man, yep. that burned it. Yeah. That is grace is there to help you get through that. Mm-hmm. Grace is not to be like, man, you see that mud puddle? I want to jump in it so bad. 
Yeah. I want to jump in it so bad. Yeah. I'm going to run and jump it. Watch this. I'm going to jump in it. Oh, look, there's another mud puddle. I'm going to go jump in that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not a mistake. You're intentionally trying to do it. And to me, that's where grace is not applying. Mm-hmm. Because God's not dumb. He's not an idiot. He's not yeah. naive. Uh, and 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 I think that's where the Christian world has misunderstood grace is that grace is not the power to sin or the freedom to sin and feel okay about it. Grace is power from sin, and grace should be destroying sin's power in our life. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what it should be, and and I'm not making that up. That's found in Romans chapter 6, verse 5 through 11. Go read it, and, and just go read it for yourself and see how many times it says, that Christ gave his life so that the power of sin would be broken in ours. Uh-huh. It says it over and over and over in those, you know, five verses. Right. It says it over and over again, the power of sin to be broken, the power of sin to be broken. Well, that's what Christ came to do, is to break and destroy the power of sin uh-huh. over us. When something has power over you, it dominates you. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that has control of you. I, we think of it a lot as like of an addiction, uh-huh. something that has a hold of you. Well, sin is addictive. It is very addictive, and mm-hmm. and it and it's addicting. That uh, and you can get in the cycle. And a lot of times we think of addiction as just like drugs. And yes, that's part of what addiction can be. But you could be addicted to bad habits. You can be addicted to bad attitudes. You can be addicted to mm-hmm. so many things that are sin. You could be addicted to gossip. We've talked about that on this sure. podcast. You could be addicted to so many things that God says, I don't want you behaving that way. Uh, and and we just think, oh, well, you know, I know it's wrong, but God forgive me. Thank God we live in grace. You know, well, you're not understanding that if grace was doing what grace is, was given to do, if real act of grace is in your life, the hold that sin has on you is going to uh, get weaker and weaker and weaker as you continue to grow in grace with the Lord. Mm-hmm. It, it, you're not going to, and, and here's the, the, the harsh reality that I said Sunday, um, and you know I hate to be, I hate being mean at all. I love being nice all the time. Yeah, you've, you're um, not mean. You can't say you hate yeah. being mean because you've never been mean. But yeah, go ahead. but, you know, I, and, but anytime I, I think, and I, I struggle with it because I'm like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, uh, but the truth is the truth that, if you are a Christian today and you have given your life to the Lord and you say, okay, I, I, this is what I was when, I, when he found me and this is what I was battling with and you've attended church for five years, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years and you're going to church and you're still struggling with the same sin that you were struggling on day one with, it's not God's fault. It's not your church's fault. It's not the preaching's fault. It's your own fault. Because grace, when it's, do- when it's properly understood of what it's supposed to do, it should be destroying the power of sin in your life. That's what Christ came to do. That's why he gave us grace. The Bible says the law came through Moses. Jesus brought grace. Grace is the new covenant. Grace is supposed to be destroying that hold on you. And the reason why it doesn't is because we, and I, and I spoke about this Sunday, as a church world, we, we preach, way, and understand what I'm saying, we preach way too much about simple forgiveness and not enough about deliverance. God wants to forgive our sins. Is, 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 is that uh, uh, the main theme of the Bible, that we can be forgiven? Yes, absolutely. God can forgive us of our sins. But God doesn't just want to keep forgiving us and then us make a mistake and and forgiving us and make a mistake and forgiving us and make a mistake. That's a horrible cycle. Jesus came to destroy the power of sin. If there's power in his name, we sing about it all the time, we talk about it all the time, if there's power in the blood of Jesus, if grace is amazing, like we sing about, if it is all these things, then grace should be destroying the power of sin. Um... And the Bible even uses a term, and I thought about throwing it in on Sunday, but I didn't. Uh, so all you podcaster listeners will get a little nugget that the other ones didn't. Um, but the Bible talks about that um, uh, that there is no remission of sin mm-hmm. without the shedding of blood. I want to just think about it, that word remission. 
is what the Bible says, remission. Remission is a word we often use with cancer. Mm -hmm. Like the greatest news in the world is, hey, your cancer is in remission. Cancer is in remission. Well, what does remission mean? It means it's shrinking. It's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It's losing its effect. It's losing its effect. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that on day one, I mean, there's there's plenty of successful stories and, and all, all glory goes to God of people who are like, man, I went to that altar and boom, my life changed and and I didn't go back to it. I was set free from it and I've been clean ever since and I've been, you know, that's wonderful. That might be your story. That may be what you are, but maybe that's not your story. Maybe you went to church and, and you heard the gospel and you surrendered your life to Christ and you said, hey, I, I want to live this for you, but you're struggling with something. You're struggling with some problem or issue and it just seems like you keep on struggling with it. You need to fully understand the grace of God because that should be in remission. It should be losing its power. The closer you get to Christ and the more you understand, it should be in remission, getting smaller and smaller and smaller in your life to the point where you can say, okay, I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. um, that's what should be happening. But the problem is, is when we don't understand, and like we're talking about being blurred, when we blur the lines of what grace is for and what grace should be doing, what we do is we get to the point where we use grace not to destroy the power of sin, but to enable us to sin because we're under grace. Um, like some people, that's their defense to their actions. Like, well, why are you behaving this way? Well, hey, we're under grace. Mm -hmm. We're under grace, man. You know, you're trying to put me back under the law. No, I'm not trying to put you under the law, but Christ didn't do away with the law. He fulfilled it. Right. Fulfilling the law and doing away with it are two different things. Christ didn't do away with it. It still stands. Right and wrong is still there. But grace is what helps us to walk away from wrong, and it helps us to establish right. Mm -hmm. uh, and and it's a and and it's something that God gave to us. Uh, my phone's beeping. Uh, but God gave to us out of great love and mercy and compassion, because He does know that we're prone to fail. Right. He does understand that we're weak. Um, and when we have those moments of weakness, like I said, accidentally stepping in the puddle, you know. Yeah, God's like, uh, eh, that wasn't a good move. That wasn't smooth. You should have been paying attention, right? Uh, you should have been watching where he's going and, and paying attention. But it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Dry yourself off. Go on. Avoid the next puddle. That's what grace should be doing. Yeah. So that I'm not a chronic puddle jumper, you know, out, out in the world of constantly walking around with, with my, my pants wet from the knees down because I'm just searching out puddles to jump in. Mm -hmm. um, that's not God's intention for my life. Um, my, his intention is for me to start d walking this. And, that, and to me, it's maturity. Mm -hmm. And I think it's up for us, and that's why I'm really excited about this series, is it's up to us to understand that, yes, God wants you to pray for forgiveness, but also God wants you to ask him for deliverance. Deliver me from this. Make this recede in my life. Mm -hmm. Make this desire go away, Lord. I don't want this anymore. And and that's another thing that ended last sermon was the reason why God doesn't just take things from you when you beg him to is because in your heart, you really don't want to let it go. Right. And this is something like, and mm. just real quick. Sure. Uh, but like, this is something that is, grace is, is, a, is a beautiful, wonderful, mm -hmm. awe-inspiring, awesome thing. Yes, it right? is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, when you understand it, when you mm -hmm. are not... Are we fully going to understand? Like, I, right. As much as we can. When we get it, yeah. right, there's so many people who don't get it, right? right. And then that those ones that continue to struggle, and then one day, boom, they wake up. Like, they're, mm -hmm. I think I get it now, right. you know? Like, you died for me? Right. Like, that's not just a saying. It's not just a song. It's right. not just a, a a glamorous thought, you know what I mean? It, yeah. It's real deal. Like, right. God, he put on flesh and died for you. You mm -hmm. know, Jesus did that. And uh, to pay for the penalty of sin for those, you know, if, if you're if you believe in him and mm -hmm. trust in him and follow him. And then that knowledge has the ability to combat desire, mm -hmm. self, flesh, right. sin in our life. Yes. You know, it has the power to do that, the authority to do that. And as an unbeliever coming into being a believer, mm -hmm. like grace is a wonderful thing. And it yes. really it um has uh, it takes authority it, it like rushes mm -hmm. to take head <laughs> essentially it's like there's an army of just like 
in your body, you know, like in yeah. your mind, in your spirit. It's just an army. Like your flesh has just been so in control for so long. Right. And Jesus comes in, he swoops in, and the Holy Spirit starts just putting everything in line, and Jesus takes the head. Right. And it's like everything is focused on him. And yes. it's like uh, the desires to do other things have taken such a far back seat, it's like it, they don't exist anymore. Right. So here's what, I'm, here's what I wanted to get to. Now, here's the dangerous part. You've been following God for a while, mm-hmm. and those, those desires have been so far back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they don't, they don't die right. completely. Yeah. Like, we're dead to that, as in right. it may exist, but our relationship is severed. Right. Like, I'm, exactly. I'm on a different plane, right. but all it takes is a, like a, a millisecond, mm-hmm. and that thing comes back to life, and it starts to dig in and, and reattach itself, and right. the roots start growing, and it's crazy, you yeah. know, because it's like uh, you've been at it long enough. You know, you've been a believer for a while, and all of a sudden, here's this thing that comes out of nowhere, and it starts digging roots back in my life again. Right. Like, how did, yeah. what brought you back to life? Exactly. You know? uh, it's like, Jesus was at the head, and then all of a sudden, I stopped looking to Jesus, and I stopped looking to self again. Right. Like, what just happened here? Like, I didn't even realize I was looking at self, because I've become so much like Jesus in my own mind. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, like, I must be making good decisions decisions because mm-hmm. I'm saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. So, in right. a way, I'd make a bad decision. Yeah. And then you start going the wrong way long enough because I'm following self because I would never mess up. Right. So, sure. here I am. This is where, like, the dangers of grace come in. I mean, yes. like, this, this, the idea here, mm-hmm. not the dangers. Uh, grace isn't dangerous. It's right. only dangerous to the enemy. I don't mean to say it like that. Right. The danger to people who constantly view grace the way that we're talking about right. now, instead of what it is, it provides freedom. Right. Right. It, it's freedom from these other things. Right. But when we believe that our thoughts are higher than other people's thoughts or right. our ways are higher than other people's way, we start right. viewing ourselves as little gods or right. gods in our own right. Yeah. Then we start thinking that our word trumps. What we know to be true, right. and now that word has evolved mm-hmm. and become something that it is not. Right. You know, it, it sure. now becomes like, I'm going to view it this way because I said so. Right. Now, I, I follow him, and it's the de- he puts the desires of my heart are in there. Like, yeah. you know, now, you can't just take parts of Scripture right. and just completely forget it and then start adding other stuff. and. Yeah. Because it sounds eloquent and it sounds great. Right. That you mean I can reach a level of spirituality where I now think like God and I can be like yeah. God and I'm going to be no. God. Yeah. No, Man, can't. I like it. It'll always and be it buzz. sounds great. Yeah. Give you goosebumps to hear it. Sure. But it's simply not true. Exactly. And and it's heresy and it's horrible. Mm. And we stopped viewing grace as the thing that saved us. Right. Like it now, it has, it saved me, saved by grace, mm-hmm. which is the word of God. Right. And it's now transformed to, I'm so special. Yeah. I'm so, I'm just amazing. Yeah. And it, it no longer becomes grace. It becomes like, you wanted me so bad. You did all this stuff for me. Yeah. It's all about me, isn't it? Right. I am it's that like good. It's like privileged. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's because of me. Yeah. And, and we believe it for so long. And maybe you're not that far out there, but you forgot what grace does, and now this thing has crept back in, but now it looks totally different because it's given on the outside. Right. Like, our sin is like, you think the devil's just going to stop? No, he's not. No, he sees us from afar. Right. He's like, well, how else can I get to him? Right. They're getting kind of kind of puffed up a little bit. Yeah. Let's see what pride does. Exactly. Or let's see what arrogancy does. Or let's see right. what th- how they do with, like, the fact that they're not humble anymore. Right. And let's put these things out there and let's see what happens. And before you know it, the path you're walking on is just leading you higher and higher and higher in your own mind. Yeah. And you're off the path God wants you to be on. And you're no longer thinking how he thinks. And you're no right. longer listening to him. You're now listening to yourself. And sin comes in. Now, here's the problem. Mm-hmm. Here's where a lot of people struggle. They know that grace exists, but they don't believe they have the ability to sin anymore. Because yeah. they have, they just they just can't see it right. in themselves. But there's no way I would do that if I'm doing it. Yeah. Then there must be a reason why. Yeah. I understand humanity better. 
Right. You know what I mean? Like God signed off on it. I signed off yeah. on this because they just people don't understand, so just stay away from it. But I understand. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know if I should stay away from it. You understand? Right. You understand yeah, what I'm saying? Absolutely. It becomes very dangerous. It becomes mm-hmm. a very a slippery slope and a bad sense. Mm-hmm. What would you right? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't put you on the spot if I didn't yeah, think I, you knew the answer. Right. <laughs> I hope what so. would you? Say to that person like how they get it now. Now they start to see. They know there's something off here. Maybe I'm not living. Mm-hmm. Something's not right, and right. it feels like I'm at, at odds with God. Yeah. Though I'm still doing this and still doing that. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone's saying something behind the pulpit, or maybe somebody's preaching a message, and they're like, "Hey, mm-hmm. that sounds an awful lot like me. You know, yeah. it sounds an awful lot like something I, I'm struggling with." Right. What do you? What do they say? Like, how do we get a hold of their, those people's hearts? And what do we suggest they should do? I mean, because it's yeah. not just knowledge of grace. Right. Right? We know it exists. Mm-hmm. But the fact that, like, the part that gets a hold of us and gets, and really becomes, like, like, shoots Jesus to the front of the line, it's like that, it's not the word loses its power right. at all. Um, it's like our knowledge is like, well, we know that already. Yeah. We're so quick to say, like, what do we say to people who are so quick to say, I know that. Right. I know that. I, I think, I think what it, it can, to me, and I know, and maybe this is not the, the answer that, you, that you're looking for, but the thing that comes in my mind is, to me, it's about the approach that we have towards grace. We can become, like you said, so familiar with it that... I look at it almost like a marriage. Like you can start to take it for granted. Right. Like uh, granted, not granted, uh, but granted. <laughs> yeah, take, take it for rock. yeah, take it for granted. Uh, like uh, I can very quickly take my wife Heather for granted. If if I'm like, well, I mean, we're coming up on 23 years of marriage. You know, we've been together for 23 years. I could very easily be like, well, you know what? Uh, Heather will do this, and Heather will do that, and Heather will do this, and Heather will do that. And, and all of a sudden, I just expect her to do it and never, ever actually appreciate her for what she's doing. And and there's a difference in just treating her like, well, you should have done it. I came home. Why wasn't dinner made? You know, why? Yeah. You know, what why did you make this? You know I don't like this. Why would you make that? Why would you put that on the side? You know I don't like that. Right. You know, you should have done it the way I wanted to. And why isn't the laundry done? And why isn't the dishes done? And why isn't this and this and this? Everybody listening right now would say that's a horrible relationship. That is a horrible relationship. Right. Well, to me, I think sometimes like you said, we can get so wrapped up in being seasoned in grace. And seasoned with the love of God and the mercy of God and hearing the messages about his great love and his great compassion and, and his ability to remove our sins and, 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 you know, all these different things that all of a sudden we begin to take grace for granted. And we all almost look, almost belittle it. Uh, and if you ask and if you ask that same person in that relationship, you know, well, don't you love your wife? I guarantee you that. Well, absolutely. I love my wife. Yeah. Well, if I ask a Christian today who, like you said, is becoming prideful and, and becoming arrogant and lifted up, and I'm like, well, don't you love Jesus? Well, of course I love Jesus. Right. I love him with all my heart. But are you treating him and what he's done with the gratitude and respect that it deserves? And to me, when you look at grace and that word grace, if, if people would just start doing this, if they would treat that word grace the same way they treat the word Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, Jesus is grace. The person of Jesus is grace. Well, how do I want to treat Jesus? I want to give him my best. I want to be respectful. I, want, I don't want to take advantage of him. I don't want to belittle him or let, make light of what he's done. When we realize we get to stand in the righteousness of Christ, you realize how big of a blessing that is and how amazing that is? Um, but we live in a culture today where People want the blessings of God, and they're not even excited about the best blessing of God, and that's the fact that we are made righteous through mm-hmm. Christ. Uh, we want stuff, you know. We want healings. We want goosebumps. We want, you know, uh, emotional things. We we want these things and be like, oh, that's what God gave me. To me, what greater gift could we have other than grace? Right. 
I mean, what do we say to that person, though? Like, how do we, what do you say to be like, this is how you get back on the right track? To me? Or, this is how you get, you fall back mm-hmm. in love with it. I mean, I, I know mm-hmm. it's, it, of course, we need to pray. Yeah, You absolutely. need to get in the Word. Sure. But, like, what would you pray if you were in that situation? What would you say? Like, what would you pray? What would your prayer be? Per- prayer for me? Like, if my eyes were open to it or I was praying for someone? For you. Okay. No, it, praying no, for, no, for me. you, not okay. for somebody else. But, like, if that was you in that situation, like, mm-hmm. what would you be praying for as though, and now that we're yeah. telling this to that person, but like, would, what would you do? I would be praying, uh, if it was me in that situation and I was feeling that way, like, God, this has gotten out of hand, I would be praying, God, take me back to my my first love. Take me back to when you first found me. Mm-hmm. And take me back to where... When I was coming into this, I was brand spanking new. I didn't know nothing. I had no knowledge of you. I had no, you know, seasons of church, you know, work or church, whatever. Take me back and and show me again what caused me to fall in love with you in the first place. Right. Show me what made me so enamored with grace and so enamored with who you did, what you did and who you are and rekindle that Mm -hmm. in me Mm -hmm. Um, and show me you know, the errors of my way. Show me where I got off track. Show me, you know, where where did I start to become prideful? When did I start to put my opinion above yours? Right. Where, where did I start? Show me that. Reveal it to me so I can correct it, Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you preach a great sermon. Uh, I think it's one of my favorite sermons you, you preach is, uh, and I don't even know if it's titled that way, but I remember listening to you. Um, the one, uh, search me, oh mm-hmm. God. Um, you know, out of Psalms mm-hmm. and and see if there's anything in me that doesn't please you and is not right mm-hmm. and remove it and make me know it so I can move, yeah. do my part. That's an amazing message. Um, to me, yeah. I think that's where we got to go yeah. when we get to that point because... Uh, it's that self-inventory. Yes. But then it's somewhere, and if we're not careful, our mm-hmm. ability to take a self-inventory will be com- is completely lost. Yes. Because we no longer see ourselves as in the wrong but infallible. Yeah. And that's where we don't want to admit it. Right. Like no, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. No, I would never. Right. I would never. Right. Well, you're doing it. Though. Exactly. But you're you're doing it. Like strip away mm-hmm. all of your reasoning and all your Right. You know, your things that you've been told or so- things you saw somebody else that you thought was a man uh, like a person of God right. and they're like, "Okay, well they're doing it, it should be, it should be okay." Yeah. Like, strip all that stuff away, yeah. and what are you left with? Are you right or are you wrong? Right. Because God's right, you're wrong. Exactly. And his word says don't, and you are. Right. So, who's right? Exactly. God's right. Who's wrong? I'm wrong. Right. What's that called? <laughs> yeah, I mean? exactly. It's like stripping all that stuff away. Just, yeah. And All of our little qualifiers. Like, I'm so glad that you put it that, you said that. Those mm-hmm. are the exact words that go in my heart and I was like, are in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, like, if I were to pray, like, while you were talking, I'm thinking, like, if I was that person, this is, I would pray, Lord, return me to my first love. Right. Which is you. Right. You know, and Lord, show me. Yeah. And search me. And show me in my heart where, not right. necessarily do I need to know where it went wrong, because bottom line, I know it has. Right. And you know it has. And yeah. in, in your grace, mm-hmm. you're reaching out to me once again. Right. So, Lord, search me. Exactly. Show me where that, where I'm going, where I'm doing it wrong. Right. So that, that it can be corrected, yeah. and I'm back in line with you and your word, not me and mine. Exactly. Lord, hum, let, before you have to humble me to the point, right? before you have to completely break me apart exactly. or tear me down, and like, I got to be like Isaiah, walk around with the backseat of my britches cut out. Exactly. Like, Lord, show me. Yeah. Before it gets that, before I get so far that I think I'm you and you have to humble me. Like, I don't, exactly. I'm not you. Yeah. You're God, I'm not. And right. something's entering into my life and sin's back in there. It never, it's trying to peek its head in or right. like I've been justifying the wrong actions and wrong attitude. Return me to my first love and show me again. Right. You know, like let's get this right. Yeah. Because I know the power of sin. I know that, mm-hmm. that it has on people's lives and, and and it can reattach itself. I'm dead to that. I'm dead to that. You know, we can right. say it over and over if you want to. Uh, but when right. roots will take hold. The top of it's been cut off. Sounds right. good. But there's still roots. Exactly. Yeah, roots. So we got to get down in there, get dig deep, and obliterate, and like right. completely pulverize, and just completely burn out. Right. All the stuff that remains, and even then, it's still lurking, and yeah. it's waiting. 
and it's looking for an opportunity to jump right back in your life. Yes. And when thing, but go back to the original part, something got off to where I started looking to myself instead of you. Yes. So Lord, return me to my first love where you are the head of everything. Right. And let's go uh, and let me follow you again. Instead yeah. of me following my own wisdom, which is nothing. Right. And let me follow after yours, which is eternal. And uh, it's 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 really a process of, of humbling. And it, it you never know what it's going to take for you to open your eyes to it. But right. just praise God and yeah. know that it's grace. Yeah. And by his grace, he's still saving you. Yeah. And by his grace, he's still reaching out to you. And he's still trying to reach you before it's too late. Right. And he can't save parts of you. He's yeah. got to save the whole you. Right. And it's it's not going to be a, it's certainly not going to be a contest, and it's not going to be a, a battle of the wills. He's not going to force this thing, right. force you to do anything. Well, and I think of a great illustration right out of the Bible of what we just said is uh, Paul, when he was Saul. Saul, a lot of people don't really realize, but uh, if Paul would have kept being Paul the Pharisee, uh, he would have been the high priest. Eventually. Yeah. Because that no, was the was track he, he was, was on. He was a man. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason why Saul had authority with the Pharisees and, and all those things. Because he was of the lineage and, and he was of the line and he would have been, mm-hmm. you know, somebody as a Pharisee. Well, how did God, and God knew what Paul was trying to do early on. He wasn't doing it out of hatred or meanness or or really evil, even though what he was doing was evil. But he was convinced in his mind that I'm doing this for God. Mm -hmm. These so-called Christian Jesus followers are against my God. They're against Jehovah God. And Mm -hmm. I got to shut them up, and I got to persecute them, and I got to do my best. And he was basically going on tour to find them. You know? Yeah. He had zeal for that. Well, how did God correct him? He knocked him off his high horse. (laughs) <laughs> you know, yeah. humble. Took, took his sight. Took his sight away. Made him go study for 10 years. Yeah, and made him go study. But what, to me, one of the things that kind of falls, Saul had a reputation as being somebody. And who does God send him to to get his sight back? Nobody famous. Right. He didn't send him to Peter, yeah. James, John, none of the disciples. Nope. Ananias. Yeah. And that's the only time you hear his name, other than Ananias and Sapphira, which isn't the same Ananias. Right. Uh, he's like, go to Ananias. And he, who? Yeah, yeah, who is this? I got to find this guy, and he's going to pray for me, and the scales are going to fall from my eyes. And this is the reason why I bring that up. A good help is when you understand, because I think what Paul needed to be was humbled, and that's all God was trying to do is humble him and open his eyes to Christ being the way. But... To humble himself under not a big, big, super, oh, it's Peter, James, you know, the disciple, an apostle. No, Mm -hmm. just another church member to bring himself under them and be like, I need you to help me see. I think sometimes what we need is we need that person in our life Mm -hmm. that will shoot us straight and can help us if we would humble ourselves under what they're trying to say. And I think a lot of times that Christian pride in us, we don't want to go to another Christian and say, hey, I think I think my life's getting off track. I think I think I'm letting some stuff in that I shouldn't be letting in. Yeah. You know, and, and I want to ask you about this because one, we're afraid of judgment. Yeah. We're afraid of them looking at us being less like, oh, my gosh, you, you're struggling with that. You know, mm-hmm. we, we, we got pride, but I think it's healthy if we got somebody in our life that we can go to. And even if quote unquote, they're beneath us. Yeah. I, I mean, not beneath us, like in a, in a, uh, value way, but maybe they're beneath us. Like maybe they don't hold a title or maybe they haven't gone to church as long as, as you have, mm-hmm. or, or maybe they didn't come from the same lineage. You know, you came from, everybody's been church of God for 29 years or, or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever, uh, whatever we hold on to. Maybe it is the newcomer that God is doing something amazing in their life. And if you could humble yourself that you can maybe learn something from them Yeah, and be like, Hey, you know, uh, I heard you saying, you know, how God did this for you and took this out of your life. And I'm, I'm afraid that I'm, I've been in this for a long time, but I'm afraid I'm going back to that. 
Yeah. You know, tell me what 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 are you doing? What did God say to you? Where what scripture you know did did, did God show you? Yeah. And learn, mm-hmm. uh, and and be able well, to rejuvenate. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like it excites you. It's not yeah. like you're going to forget right. those emotions. You you can or you're going to forget the the way you felt when you were that word was first revealed. And it's right. like, oh my gosh, really? Like you know, yeah. and then it's you're going to go back. Sure. I mean, it's like returning to your first love. It's yeah. like it, that's what that means. It's like, uh, in my opinion, mm-hmm. like, again, in this sense, it's like returning to your first love. It's like remembering. Right. It all starts flooding back to you. You know, we've all had that person that yeah. we fell in love with and we sure. see them again like next year when school starts back up. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I yeah. really still love you. You know, right. it's, it's like all that stuff starts coming back. Yeah. It's like returning to that. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, even just sitting around listening to their story and maybe asking them questions and being vulnerable and yeah. listening. Like, uh, you know, I, I, I feel, let me, let me share something with you. Like, yeah. I know you feel you're like you're on cloud nine and enjoy it. Enjoy right. every second of it because it's really amazing. Right. The, the, the grace God's shown us. Um, but let me show you where I'm at and yeah. where and I'm going through. And it's like, I haven't felt that in a long time about a certain, you know, about this. And, I, and, I, and I'm starting to feel like somewhere sin may be trying to creep in in my life and I'm getting nervous about it. Right. You know, and it, like, I don't want that. And, and I'm, and it's like, I'm struggling in these areas, like you said. Yeah. And like, show, like, w- tell me again, like, what did that feel like? What'd you pray? And, right. You know, what did the, what was the verse that got you there? Or what was the yeah. song? What was the thing? What was the realization that you got? You know, how that happened for you? And along, and you can correct some stuff. Like yeah. what you're feeling is an emotional thing. Yeah, but that's not that's not biblical. Here's what the Bible says about it. Right. And then connect it to the Bible for them. You know yeah. what I mean? And at the same time, that, that just seeing what they're going through can reconnect us to our. Yes. Uh, you know, or someone like us, you know, like people like us. Yeah. Been in it a while. And, sure. But you still want to stay humble. And you're like, yeah. But at the same time, I find myself in positions where I'm not being humble and I'm not mm. being godlike or Christlike. Sure. And it's like, ah, all right. Yeah. I'm messing up. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and where where I'm where I refuse to humble myself, where I refuse to inventory, mm. they're where they're going to have the biggest struggles. And, oh yeah, and it's uh, it, anyway. Um, that was a long, seemed like a long rabbit trail, but it's no, along the same lines. Sure. Uh, well, grace and, is, ama- is an yes. amazing thing, right. it's a powerful thing, and we absolutely uh, need to. Not blur those lines yeah. and lose its effect in our life and lose its right. like, the ability that it has on our lives to be able to change and transform. Saved by grace, you know, and it, it is a real thing. It's more right. than just a song. It's an yes. it's the word. It's the it word of word. God, and, and, uh, and it's amazing. Always listen to um, Paul said it. I think it's in First Corinthians uh, where he said, you know, be careful if you think you stand. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, because you could fall. Yeah. And uh, we have to be careful. We have yeah. to be careful that we're not so uh, religious and churchy Yeah. that we, we've forgotten the relationship part of being connected to Christ, you know. Right. Um, and because one thing to be connected to church, that's great, but to be connected to Christ is totally different. And, and to me, that's where grace comes in. And, and, and I hope that this series, I'm really excited to hear you Sunday mm. and what you're bringing to the table. Um, and yeah, uh, well, I, we're going to be, I'm going to talk about Jesus, obviously. Well, yeah, of course. And who Jesus was, is, is and who he's going to be. Right. Type thing. Um, like a past, present, future type deal. Mm-hmm. The, how we view Jesus gets blurred. Yes, it from does. From time to time. And, uh, I think that's where I'm headed. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see on We'll Sunday. see where it goes. And I'm excited I'm about sure it. I'll wake up Sunday morning and like, change I it all. I still don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, but no, go out there, go wherever you're listening to this, you know, just take a second when it's all said and done, uh, bow your head and ask God and just say, hey, God, show me, you know, take me back to where I need to be, you know, and, and help me to treat grace the way it's supposed to be treated and to acknowledge it for what it is and, mm-hmm. and not to abuse it and not to belittle it or cheapen it uh, and just ask him to do it. And he'll do it. He'll do it because he wants you to get there. You know, yeah. he, he's for you. He wants you to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if you, yeah, you would just not, ask it. It is not a secret and right. he's not trying to hold it from us. Right. So 
why don't you go ahead and pray for us? Yeah. Um, Pastor Chad, and well, let's pray. Uh, help us. Help sure. Us, help us find grace. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much, and we come to you in Jesus' name. And, and Father, we do thank you for the amazing gift that grace is and, and where where we would be, Lord, if we didn't have grace. Uh, uh, I, I just dread to even think about it. But I'm thankful that, for, uh, that I have grace and that everyone listening has the opportunity for grace in their life. And, and God, I do apologize, Lord, on my own behalf, Lord, if I've ever abused it, if I've belittled it or taken it for granted or, or, or somehow mistreated it. Uh, God, I don't want to do that. I want to honor the great gift that you gave uh, through Jesus Christ uh, that brought us this gift of grace. And, and, and it helps us when we struggle. It helps us when we fall down. Uh, but Lord, help us not to use it as an opportunity to sin and an opportunity to behave in a way that doesn't glorify you. God, help us to correct that and do take us back to our first love and do search our hearts, God, and make sure that we are right with you uh, and have a right relationship with you. And Lord, if anybody's listening to this and they don't know you, God, I ask you, Lord, to forgive them of their sins, Lord, as they invite you into their heart and and help them to to understand the fullness of grace and to understand uh, the amazing gift that you have in front of them. God bless this podcast. Use it for your glory. Receive all the glory unto yourself, uh, God, and spread it to as many people that need to hear it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All right, guys, if you have a chance, you want to come visit us, we'd love to host you. Please come and do so. Uh, you'll find us. Look in the description. You'll see all of our social media. Yep. Always get in touch with us. Um, we're not that hard to find. Right. <laughs> Just Google it. We're on there. Yes. Uh, Northgate Church of God, Victoria, Texas. Please, by any means, if you can make it, please don't, please come on by. If not, continue to find us on social media. Find us and um, with on our podcast here. We're on, excuse me, YouTube and Facebook. Find us, get a hold of us, and use this material in any way you see fit, or yes. you know, in any way that can bless somebody, or you want to be able to use it to um, just help somebody understand something more, understand the Word of God better, or uh, just be able to share a message with someone. Yes, um, or use it for yourself, like use it as material. It's all been preached before. You're all right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No uh, copyright. Yeah. There's no copyright. It's all free. Here. It's all the Word of God. So. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Well, guys, uh, the, remember we're going to be on this series blurred for the mm -hmm. next three or four weeks, and or at least the next three weeks. Yes, we've already done one. We'll do three more, and uh, then we'll move on to something else. Summer games. Summer games. Summer, summer, summer games. Yeah. Anyway, all right, guys, we love you. God bless. Till we uh, talk to you next time. Okay. Peace. Bye. Bye.